Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Before we get to our topic of playfulness and seriousness, do you have any favorite software or services that you like to use? Yeah. And this is going to sound a little bit strange because writers love to talk about, you know, this fancy thing and that fancy thing. That, you know, I use one of the one of the free Microsoft Word knockoffs, Office LibreOffice. Open Office, maybe. Open. Yeah, one of those. And that's fine. I also use a lot of spreadsheets. So Excel or a cheap knockoff, a free knockoff thereof. That's how I organize my writing. And occasionally I'll use index cards and graph paper and so forth. And for each book, as I'm writing it, I have one file that has the book. I have one file that has odds and ends. Scenes that occurred to me that I want to write down, but I'm not there in the book yet, so I put them in this other file. And when I get to that point, I can cut and paste them in. I have various kinds of outlines. I don't outline prescriptively. It's not like I write up an outline and then follow it. I write up outlines in order to figure out what I'm thinking. And then I go and write something else. So there'll be outlines and often files that include backstories for characters, world building notes, all kinds of stuff like that. Research notes for what, whatever research I'm doing. And then the Excel files, like I might have characters' names across the top, years across the side, and then what each character is doing at each year so that I can look across and say, okay, it's 2000, whatever, where is everybody? And things like that keep me organized. So it's a lot of files on two very, very sort of normal programs. Got it. Okay. That sounds great. And I like that you're using OpenOffice and Lieber because I work with kids and I talk to parents and recommend those. I'm like, you don't have to pay for Microsoft or whatever. They work just fine. So they do. I like that. So yeah. you've written two books, you're working on a third. What are some things you've learned that you're doing differently? Between now and the first book, the importance of having an elevator speech. Okay, an, nice. An Why? elevator speech, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, not everybody is. It's the way you explain what you're doing to somebody you've bumped into on an elevator. So it's like the 22nd version, the 22nd long version of the... and. My first book doesn't have an elevator speech. I didn't know it was important to have one. And the thing is impossible to describe succinctly. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to badmouth my own book. It's sprawling. It's got a lot going on in it. And there's no simple way to summarize all of it. And that made the, 
When I went into doing revisions and editing, that made it harder because if I can't explain it to somebody quick, I can't explain it to me quick either. And it just made it a lot harder. So since then, one of the first things I do, say, okay, what's this book's elevator speech? <laughs> and it makes writing easier, not just it makes marketing easier, but it makes the writing easier too. That's a big And What are you doing to market your book? Not enough. Podcast. Trekkies will recognize this phrase. Darn it, I'm a writer, not a marketer. <laughs> right. But talking about it on podcasts, I'm trying to learn how to do ads on Facebook. I did a series of library uh, that worked pretty well. What I would love to do is I would love to hire somebody to take care of this for me, somebody who actually knows what they're doing. And they have a brain that can, it's just their cup of tea, their thing. They're good at it. I don't have the money. So if anybody works on commission for this sort of thing, I can offer you a percentage. Come on over. I do have a marketing assistant and he helps keep me organized and focused. And he, he is wonderful. If you want to go, if you want to hire him, get in touch with me and I'll send you the link to his work. He, nice. uh, for what he does, he is wonderful. Okay. All right. So our topic that we're going to have a little discussion on is playfulness and seriousness, which I, and I love the fact that you're a scientist. So people have this stereotype vision of the serious scientists in the white lab coat or all the time, which probably doesn't fit when you're talking about ecology and c conservation, because you're probably outside more than in a lab. So why did you choose this topic and why does it apply to authors? First of all, when it comes to ecology, don't picture white lab coats, picture jeans and flannel. And waiter boots sometimes. Uh, nice pair of sneakers. Anyway, part of all of these writers groups on Facebook. And you think that you post a question and 10 zillion people jump on and answer and it's really useful. And I notice what kinds of questions keep coming up especially from the really new writers, people who haven't published before or haven't published very much and they're just really trying to find their feet. Or people wanting to figure out how to help their kids. Hey, my 10-year-old daughter wants to write a book and how do I help her? And a lot of them get this an important thing backwards. They're talking about getting a literary agent for a 10-year-old or trying to figure out what genre to write in based on what's marketable or how to do formatting and stuff. And no, that's the wrong kind of serious. And then they don't do the right kind of serious because these people, a lot of them, they're not hiring editors. They're not hiring writing teachers. They post cover images for to get feedback on them. And these things were obviously put together like in Photoshop or something. Like, by the serial killer doing mashup work. Yeah. That's the wrong kind of playful. It's not even playful. It's the wrong kind of not serious. The thing is, for people who are just starting writing, and I mean, everybody who's writing, actually, but especially for people just starting, it's really important to give yourself time to be a kid, even if you're 67. You know, the great thing about being a kid or, you know, about being some kids anyway, is that a lot of children 
they understand that they're not turning out adult work. When some, when a kid, I'm going to write a book, and they get the construction paper and the stapler and crayons. I have a niece who does this. They know this is not going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. They're not looking for an agent. They, they know this is not what adults mean when they mean writing and publishing a book. But they do their best. And they're proud of it. And they come, Aunt Caroline, Aunt Caroline, I wrote a book. You did. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's so cool. And you have to do that. No matter how old you are, you have to give yourself time to play, to do the best that you possibly can and not care whether it's good enough. Who cares whether it's good enough? Right. It doesn't matter. Agreed. What Agreed. matters is you're having a good time in your learning. That's what's important. Figure out if it's marketable later. Figure out if you're going to publish it later. A lot of people write five or six books before they get around to one that's publishable. And that you don't have to publish to be a writer. You just have to write. And so that's what I mean by playfulness. And then the serious side of the coin is you have to approach it like a professional if you're going to be a professional. If you don't want to be a professional, that's fine. You don't have to be. But if you want to publish, it has to meet certain standards. You have to hire an editor. I don't care if you are an editor. You have to hire <laughs> one. Everybody <laughs> is better doctor. if they have an editor other than themselves. Right, right. And you have to be able to not take it too personally. You have to be able to let editors say, okay, this is not good enough. If, you're, if you take that as I'm not good enough, you're not going to be a professional writer. You have to get to the point where somebody can say, your book isn't good enough, and it hurts to hear that. But you get over that, and you go, oh, thank you for telling me. Now I can figure out how to make it better. Yep. And what you mentioned about kids, I'm working with kids. Uh, I want to help show that kids can write and not necessarily be published, but they get the practice in, they get the experience in. So when they're adults, they're like, I know I can write. It's time to be serious about it. And I think part of what I also try and do in my own writing is show that there's still magic in the world and that kids know that magic, but we lose it as an adult. And as a writer, we need to recapture that sometimes. I'm sitting here watching the snow and I'm fascinated by it. I love the snow. That's magical to me. And adults miss that. They just get grumpy and it's cold and they, but look around at the world. It's fun. I'm going to bet some of your playfulness is taking your dogs out into the leaves, the snow for a walk and things like that. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that, but I would disagree with something else. Okay. Yeah, everybody says that kids have this sense of magic that adults don't. And I remember being a kid. And I remember how I had a sense of magic in some ways. But I was also way too serious about way too much and took way too many things far too literally. And the kids around me, oh my gosh, I was constantly being mistreated by other kids who just did not have much of a sense of much, really. And kids have a sense of magic because they don't know any better. They don't really know what's real and what's not and what's possible and what's not. So you give them an idea like, hey, Santa Claus and flying reindeer. And like, okay, why not? It's not any weirder than anything else I've been learning about the world. <laughs> and things are new and they're less self-conscious. I remember one time a friend of mine and I and her baby daughter were, we went to the mall just before Christmas and we walked into the 
area that's all decorated for the holidays. And me and the baby simultaneously said, wow. But you get older, you grow up. And yet some people, they don't turn into grownups, they turn into grumps. And that's not good. Do not do that. That's <laughs> my son. He's 22. And we tell him he's a 75-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, I just, you don't do that. You don't have to do that. It's just not fun. But you get older. That's not the only way to grow up. The other way to grow up is you learn not to take yourself in too seriously. Exactly. You learn that if something See, when you're a kid, if something goes wrong, you don't know that it's going to go right later because you don't have the experience. You haven't had time. You get to be my age. I've had days that just sucked. They're just awful. No, how can it ever get any better than this? And it does. So I know that now. It'll get better. It'll be fine, really. You get to learn. You have choices about how you're going to react to things. Oh, it's snowing. I could be upset about this because I have to drive in this stuff. But it's really pretty, and I can choose which one I'm going to focus on. I agree. And you learn about metaphor, and you learn about mystery, and you learn about paradox, and things that don't make sense, but they're actually real. And you can, and that's where the sense of magic comes. That's Par- where the real paradox. Sense of magic comes. Paradox, that's from the Christmas special of Doctor Who. Paradox. paradox. Sorry. Uh, Bad yeah. joke. So what are some things that you would recommend writers do to gain some playfulness? I don't know. There's a, you remember the old quote, there is no way to peace, peace is the way. Yeah. It's like that. There's no way to playfulness. Playfulness is the way. Okay. Uh, hanging out with other playful people might help get the juices going, but just try it. One, one phrase that really helps me when I'm writing is it's okay to write badly. It really is. You want to fix it before you publish it, but it's okay to write badly. Just give yourself permission. This is going to suck. I'm going to write it anyway. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So to, to finish up here, Carolyn, um, what would be your last minute advice for new authors? Ask specific questions. Okay. I Why? mean, because... Generic advice that you think will apply to everybody doesn't always. And if you're not ready, if a piece of advice isn't the piece that you need right now, it's not going to be useful anyway, even if it will be useful later. If you're not ready to hear something, you're not really going to hear it. But when you're writing along and you get stuck, okay, I don't know how to do this. When you get stuck, that's when you go to... to an established writer or an editor or a teacher or somebody who likes to read a lot. And you say, okay, here I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And they can tell you, okay, here is the next step. And you take the next step and you get unstuck and you go. And that's how you make progress. So you don't look for generic advice. It's going to apply to everybody. Start writing. And when you get stuck, ask somebody. You can ask me. My, my contact information is on my website. Shoot me an email. It's <laughs> Carolyn's get out of stuck writing service. We'll get everybody flooding you. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. All right, Carolyn, I appreciate you. This was a nice last minute thing. I'm glad you found the podcast and got you on. It was great talking to you. I hope that your book does well. It sounds wonderful. Thank you. All right. 
Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 